Well, good morning, everybody. This is Pastor Ron coming to you almost live from Studio 53, otherwise known as the Grandkid Room, where I am obviously sequestered uh, with everybody else this morning. But hey, it's a beautiful day out there, and so far I haven't heard of anyone in our church um, that has come down with this virus, and so uh, grateful for that and trusting that the Lord will get us through here. It's been uh, pretty different, hasn't it, uh, for us to be sequestered, to be locked down, if you will, just uh, getting out for a few minor necessities here and there. Hope you're doing okay with cabin fever, uh, even though we're pretty much in the beginning of this thing. But hey, thankfully that we have uh, uh, mediums like this, we have phones, we have texts, we have emails, we can still get in touch with each other, we can Skype with friends and family, uh, all kinds of things. So thankfully this didn't happen 50 years ago when we didn't have any of that stuff, right? So we can keep connected. Um, a term that I'm hearing now is physical distancing versus social distancing. I like that because uh, though we are physically not near each other, we can still be social. Amen? Amen. Well, so I wanted to share some thoughts from the Word of God with you this morning. And if you would, go ahead and grab your Bible, cup of coffee. Uh, you can do that now. Um, <laughs> so grab your Bible, sit down, relax, and let's get into the Word this morning. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you. Lord, that even though we are not uh, all sitting there together, we can be joined as one in spirit, Lord, before your word. And we ask God once again that your blessing, your anointing would be upon it, Lord, as it comes forth this morning. Speak to our hearts, Lord. Uh, we want to hear from you and just let your Holy Spirit reign. We thank you and we praise you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this morning I'm going to skip ahead in the book of John uh, because just yesterday in my personal devotion time I came to a passage in chapter 7 that uh, it just unreal speaks to where we're at in our present time in this coronavirus pandemic. And so that's where I want to go this morning. John chapter 7 beginning at verse 1. Give you a couple of seconds to turn some pages here. All right. Chapter 7, verse 1. After this, Jesus went about in Galilee. He would not go in Judea, go about in Judea, because the Jews were seeking to kill him. Now the Jews' feast of booths was at hand. So his brothers said to him, Leave here and go to Judea, that your disciples also may see the works you are doing. For no one works in secret if he seeks to be known openly. If you do these things, show yourself to the world. For not even his brothers believed in him. Jesus said to them, My time has not yet come. Your time is always here. The world cannot hate you, but it hates me because I testify about it that its works are evil. You go up to the feast. I am not going up to this feast, for my time has not yet fully come. After saying this, he remained in Galilee. 
But after his brothers had gone up to the feast, then he also went up, not publicly, but in private. The Jews were looking for him at the feast and saying, Where is he? And there was much muttering about him among the people. While some said, He is a good man. Others said, No, he is leading the people astray. Yet for fear of the Jews, no one spoke openly of him. About the middle of the feast, Jesus went up to the temple and began teaching. The message I want to share with you today is entitled, It's Good to Know the Sovereign God. First of all, uh, like I said, it's just amazing that the Lord uh, brought me to this scripture at this point in time. Uh, some of you may not know what this Feast of Booths that the scripture is talking about is all about. When God brought the nation of Israel out of slavery in Egypt uh, for 40 years, they went about, uh, before they went to the Promised Land, they were wandering, the Bible says, in the wilderness. They were away from life as they knew it. Everything had changed. Does this sound familiar? Uh, yes, they had come out of slavery. Slavery was uh, pretty rough conditions for them. Um, but they had houses. They had markets for food and necessities. But here they were now, right in the, in the wilderness, in the middle of nowhere, um, wandering here and there, totally away from civilization. And when they would spend long periods of time in one place, they would build these little booths, these little shacks, these little huts, if you will, uh, out of whatever they could find, and they would live in them. And we're talking, uh, I, I know some of you like to camp, right? A lot of campers uh, in the group. But uh, can you imagine camping out for 40 years in the middle of nowhere when your supplies ran out in the first few weeks? Uh, quite a feat, right? So, there were no jobs, there was no income, there was no credit, there was no stores, there was nothing. Israel, over two million people, were totally dependent on God these 40 years. So, what happened? God came through. That's the point. God came through. He gave them manna. Uh, to eat while they were in the wilderness. There was this uh, bread-like stuff. The uh, Bible says it was like crackers uh, with a hint of honey that just appeared on the ground in the morning like dew. Uh, he gave them that. Uh, Moses hit a certain rock with his staff and water gushed out because they didn't have any fresh water. And you're talking enough water gushing out of this rock for over two million people, right? So, hey... God is there. The Bible says that in that 40-year period, their clothes, and especially their sandals, didn't wear out. You're talking rugged terrain for 40 years? Come on, right? You're talking miraculous here. And can I tell you, for that whole 40 years, all they had was God. And for that whole 40 years, and longer if need be, God proved to them that he was enough. He was their sustainer. He was their provider. And he will be faithful to us in our wilderness, right? This time that we are in, this time of uncertainty, this time where, 
you know, what's going on with jobs, what's going on with the stock market, what's, you know, going to happen economically. Hey, if we have God, we have enough. He has proven it over and over. He doesn't need anything else. He doesn't need anybody else. If we have him, church, we have enough. We have all the provision that we need. God is still a God who does miracles. And we just got to look to him and trust him by faith to take care of us in this time. Amen? Amen. Because he is a faithful God. So, the Jews, every year, celebrate this Feast of Booths to commemorate not only God's deliverance of his people from slavery, but his ability to care for them, right? Um, and they do this right after the fall harvest. It's a, a way that they can give thanks for how God continues to provide for them year after year after year. And in the New Testament times, they would actually still build these booths uh, and live in them for a week uh, to celebrate this, to commemorate this. And depending even today how orthodox the Jews are, they will build a suko in, in there. That's a word for booth. They, they will build that in their backyard on the property somewhere. And depending on the climate, that kind of thing, they will either sleep in it, they will eat meals in it, they will... Uh, say prayers in it, okay? So different, uh, different traditions, different, uh, different groups do different things, but it's still a week-long celebration for the Jews to this day. So, with that as a background, um, here we are in our text. It's time for this huge week-long celebration. And since the temple was in Jerusalem, uh, in Judea, people would come from all over the world to converge there during these major feasts, like the Feast of Booths, like Passover. They would all converge on Jerusalem. It was uh, quite something. So Jesus, at this point, is in Galilee with his family, about 80 miles away, which uh, in that day and time was about four days' journey. And here it says that he wasn't in Judea, because of the Jews. Now, when you ever see uh, that term, the Jews, obviously his disciples were Jews. Jesus was a Jew. Jews are not uh, evil people. We have to we have to look at that uh, scripturally because there are some people that have taken that and just twisted it uh, to blame the Jews and and all this kind of stuff. This this Jews, when you see that word in general like that, it's talking about the religious and political leaders at the time, which were really basically one and the same. Uh, those that were in the head of the religious realm were also in the head of the political realm. And they were in power, and they were not too fond of the people following what they said could have been a new king, a new order, right? Um, if you know what I mean. They, they didn't want to see their, all that they had worked for and built up go away. And um, so they were seeking, the Bible says, to kill Jesus. And that's a good enough reason to be somewhere else, isn't it? In Galilee. But now, um, thinking about that, I'm thinking about Luke chapter 4 and verse 28. It says this, at another point where they tried to kill Jesus, it says, When they heard these things, all in the synagogue were filled with wrath. 
and they rose up and drove him out of the town and brought him to the brow of the hill on which their town was built so that they could throw him down off the cliff. And verse 30 of Luke 4 says, but passing through their midst, he went away. Right? Can, can, you, can you see the scene? They get mad. There's this crowd, and this crowd pushes him right to the edge of the cliff where they intend to throw him down. But for some strange reason, quote-unquote, he just walks right through their midst and walks away. They couldn't lay a hand on him. Why? Because it wasn't time yet. I made this point last week about dwelling in the secret place of the Most High. God is in charge of our lives. If, if he is our Savior, if he is our Lord, he is in charge of our time. And if it's not our time, according to God, then it's not going to happen. Right? God's in charge. However, that doesn't mean that we put God to the test and act foolishly. Here we are in a time where you and I are sequestering ourselves in our homes for the for the sake, um, not only, I mean, we don't just want to get sick, you know, um, but we also don't want to infect those that are at higher risk. And so we're, we're doing this thing. We, we're not acting foolishly. We're not coming together and uh, uh, just throwing caution to the wind, right? Uh, remember in Matthew 4, when the devil was tempting Jesus, and he takes him up to the highest point of the temple. And he says, if you're the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, because it's written, his angels will bear you up in his hands, right? In their hands. And what does Jesus say? Jesus says, it is also written, you will not tempt the Lord your God. So faith doesn't give us permission to act foolishly. Jesus himself was not in Judea. Why? Because they were trying to kill him. Yes, he was Jesus. Yes, he could have, you know, passed through their midst or, or, or whatever he, you know, needed to do. But he wasn't just going to put himself out there foolishly, um, you know, because he was Jesus or whatever. He was using wisdom, just like we are using wisdom in this point in time but then here's jesus's brothers who didn't believe in him and said in essence well what are you doing here if you are who you think you are show yourself to the whole world during this feast right kind of sounds like the devil again doesn't it and jesus said to them my time has not yet come you see there would be a time and we're coming up to that as we're about to celebrate the Easter season, uh, there would be a time for Jesus to ride into Jerusalem on a donkey to the shouts of Hosanna, to the, to the uh, fulfilling of Scripture. See, here comes your king, Zechariah says, uh, riding on a donkey. He, he rides into Jerusalem. Uh, they're, they're throwing the palm branches, right? Palm Sunday, throwing the palm branches under him to, uh, to make his, his road smooth for him. And he's riding in, proclaiming that he is, in fact, the Messiah, the King of Israel. But that's not yet. This is the Feast of Booths. This is in the fall, right? So that's, that's not going to happen yet. So he's not going to go to the feast. He's not going to show himself now because, again, it's not time. Um, but then verse 10 says this, 
But after his brothers had gone up to the feast, then he also went up, not publicly, but in private. And verse 14 says, about the middle of the feast, Jesus went up to the temple and began teaching. So first he tells his brothers, it's not my time, I'm not going. And then they leave and then he goes up. You ever think, is that kind of strange or what? Well, here's, here's what we need to see. Did Jesus just lie to his brothers? I don't think so. Um, and I think this is going to relate to some of you, especially who are on the front lines in this situation. Uh, maybe those in medical positions, those in essential positions, uh, those who may be called upon in, in various ways to reach out to someone else that's in need. No, Jesus did not act foolishly. He didn't tempt the Lord. He didn't go up to the feast because he thought, ah, nothing's going to happen to me, or because he wanted to prove something to his brothers. He didn't tempt the Lord, but he did obey his father. He didn't go up on his own, but he did go up when the father told him to. And that's how Jesus always did things. He said, I don't do on my own. I do what the father shows me to do. So the father had not yet called him. Far as he knew, he wasn't going up to the feast. His brothers left. The father says, okay, it's time. I want you to go up. So Jesus goes up. And he knew that when he was in the father's will, that he was also in the father's hand. That's why they couldn't push him off the cliff. That's why they didn't even arrest him this time. As we read further, we see that those leaders sent officials to uh, officers um, to take him. But in verse 30, it says, but no one laid a hand on him because his hour had not yet come. Again, you remember in the Garden of Gethsemane, there was a time where Jesus would be arrested, but it was not this Time. You and I have got to see that we are solidly in the hand of God. When, when he, we belong to him, we, we're safe in his hand, like we talked about last week. If it's not our time, it's not our time. Nothing's going to happen to us that is not a part of God's plan when we're in his will. So, do you see it this morning? First of all, the first point. The whole concept of the Feast of Booths. You and I need to understand that if the stock market crashes and the jobs are all gone, whatever happens in this world of ours, you and I do not have to fear. If we have God, we have all we need. You understand he is still the sovereign God of the universe. He is the miracle-working God. He is the creator. He is above everything and everybody. And, you know, <laughs> you, you just don't get any better than that. So we have him. And so we have nothing to fear from any oncoming disaster that might come into this world. Um, he's a God that makes bread appear on the ground, right? Water come out of a rock. Is there anything too hard for God, especially when it comes to his kids, right? Because he is a God of compassion. He is a God of faithfulness. And he is not going to let us down.
Amen. You remember, um, even in the story of the Exodus coming out of Egypt, what happened? The plagues all centered around Egypt, and they did not hit, those ten plagues did not hit the land of Goshen where the Israelites were. Amen? So, our God can be trusted. Take a deep breath. You belong to Him. You are His, and you, therefore, are safe. Number two, uh, just like Jesus, we don't want to be haughty. We don't want to be, oh, okay, well, nothing's going to happen to me, so I can just go out in public, and I can do this, and I can do that, and be foolhardy. No, we don't want to tempt the Lord. We want to continue, even though, you know, we might get a little cabin fever here. Uh, we want to continue to be wise. We want to continue to take the precautions that uh, the health officials are telling us to take. That's wisdom. Right? That doesn't go against our faith. Our ultimate hope is in the Lord, but we will uh, be wise. But also, we need to understand that if we find uh, that God has brought us to a place during this crisis, a place of ministry, Jesus needed to go into this feast to teach people. That was his ministry. That's what God had called him to do uh, during this time. And he knew, following the voice of God, that he was going to be, again, safe in God's hands. And if you and I are called, we are mobilized in a place of ministry, whether it's a medical condition, whether it's an essential uh, place that we're in, whether we're called on to minister to our neighbors, somebody's in need, we need to deliver something, etc., we need to understand that we, in doing the will of God, are going to be in the hand of God. We don't have to fear. We don't have to shy away, right? If God calls us, we can answer that call in complete confidence that we are safely in God's hands. Sovereign creator of heaven and earth who says, they will be my people and I will be their God. So let us, you and I, enter this time in the wilderness in full confidence because our God is the Lord Almighty. And it's good to know the sovereign God. Amen. Amen. Be encouraged in your faith this morning. Be built up, eyes on Him. Whatever happens, God's in control. He's on the throne, and you and I belong to him. Amen? Amen. Be encouraged this morning. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Uh, we're going to continue to be in touch. I hope you are buddying up with somebody and uh, uh, making some phone calls, keeping in touch, and... Uh, we're, we're, we might be doing some other things with the technology that we have. Um, I think I'm going to live stream this or uh, stream this at 10 o'clock, hoping to, on Facebook. And you can type in, those of you that are on Facebook, uh, we may do some Zoom meetings uh, for Bible study, for maybe a prayer meeting over over Zoom, over Skype. Uh, we'll get some you know word out to everybody. But again, physical Distancing, yes. Social distancing, we don't need to cut ourselves off socially. We need to be in communication. Um, we're, we're 
we're social creatures, right? We need each other. So uh, spend time with your family, obviously get to get to know one another again. But hey, uh, be in church or be in touch with church folks, be in touch with distant relatives. Use this time to stay connected one with another. And uh, remember to hydrate, right? Very important. Uh, get, get good sleep. Get moderate exercise. It is beautiful out. We, we can uh, go out of our houses, take a walk, and, uh, you know, just stay away from other people, that kind of thing. Uh, keep some distance. But, uh, hey, uh, we're going to get through this. And our God is with us. Amen? Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. And if you need anything, please give me a buzz. Give me a holler. Uh, we'll be we'll be checking in from time to time, but you know, need anything? Do we have people that are willing to run to the store, grab something for you if you can't get out? And uh, we will help out, do all that we can. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Love you. Praying for you. We'll talk to you soon. Bye bye.